Have you dreamed of attending Harvard for grad school? Would you like to pursue a career in education with the premier brand in education on your resume? Let's find out how Julie Kim did it. She's our guest today. Welcome to the 428th episode of Admission Straight Talk, Accept It's Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Before we dive into today's interview, I want to mention a free resource at Accepted that can benefit you if you are applying to graduate school. The challenge at the heart of admissions is showing that you both fit in at your target programs and stand out in the applicant pool. Accepted's free download, Fitting In and Standing Out, The Paradox at the Heart of Admissions, will show you how to do both. Master this paradox, and you are well on your way to acceptance. You can download the free guide at accepted.com slash F-I-S-O. Again, accepted.com slash F-I-S-O, as in fitting in, standing out. It gives me great pleasure to have on Admission Straight Talk for the first time, Julie Kim. The daughter of immigrants, Julie didn't excel in high school. However, using a passion project, she was able to secure acceptance first to USC as an undergrad, and then attended Harvard, where she earned her master's in education in 2015. She founded Julie Kim Consulting, an undergraduate admission consultancy, in 2015, and has grown it ever since. Julie, welcome to Admission Straight Talk. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. My pleasure. Now, I just gave a really quick, you know, 30,000 view, foot view, overview of your bio. Uh, one question that I, I had right off the bat was your undergrad degree was in business administration and marketing. Why the pivot to education for the master's? Yeah. Or was, so, your, or was that your plan all along? That was my plan all along. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So as you know, there's not a lot of undergraduate majors that students could take advantage of. So at USC in particular, they didn't offer an education major. Instead, they allowed a minor. And so I thought, well, I want to get into business one day. And I feel like business is such an applicable skill set in all industries. And so that's where I started. But I, even though I was majoring in business, I continued to participate in education-related internships and volunteer work and research. All right. So that was, how did you know that you want to do education all along? I don't know. I always loved teaching. So I remember when I was in third grade, I sat my little brother down and I was like, I'm going to teach you math. And he was <laughs> like, okay, because <laughs> we're only two years apart. Right. So I always loved teaching. And even with my parents, I would always be telling them, explaining them like what's going on in the education world and the, what is the difference between SAT and ACT. And so I think I was kind of born with this love for education. You're telling me about how you were teaching your little brother. My, my two of my granddaughters were playing one day, they're playing school. And the older one at, at the end of the game said, when I grow up, I wanna be a teacher. And the younger one who's three years younger says, when I grew up, I want to be the principal. And it matched their personalities perfectly. Wow. <laughs> the younger one is going to manage, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And the older one would make a wonderful teacher. She also has management ability, but um, it was, it was, you know, they're much older now and um, not yet where they're choosing careers, but uh, it was, it was such a telling, uh, telling kind of moment. Now you attended USC, you uh, majored in, in business and marketing, and then you chose to go to Harvard. I think you did take a, a year or some time in between, or did you go straight? I took a year off to prepare for the graduate admissions process. So a year later. Mm -hmm. And how did you prepare? 
Uh, studying for this GRE exams. Sure, sure. <laughs> They're so hard. They are. So, they are. Yeah. So I was actually at the same time taking another master's program through USC teacher education. And so um, I was taking classes at USC and then also studying for GREs and um, participating in a few research uh, opportunities at USC. So, oh, and I was also tutoring on the side to make side income. So just doing a lot of teaching, learning a lot about education during that time. Right. And to what do you attribute your acceptance to Harvard? I really think my passion um, and not just like saying that I'm passionate about education, but kind of sharing my vulnerable story. Like I wasn't trying to show Harvard that like I knew everything and that I am this perfect person, but instead I really conveyed like where I come from as an immigrant daughter and how I didn't have some resources, but I still made it work. And um, that vulnerability, authenticity, um, I think that really made the difference because to be honest, my GRE score was nowhere where it should have been for Harvard acceptance. Um, and also recommendation letter. So I kept a really close relationship with one of the professors at USC. He is a professor at education and he wrote me a really, really amazing recommendation letter. And he actually let me read it after I got accepted. And he said something like how this student is someone that just I've never seen before. And I think that rec letter made a truly an, an outstanding difference to my acceptance to Harvard. Now, did you cultivate your relationship with this professor uh, throughout your undergrad years or how did, how did it develop? Yeah, a little bit through undergrad years, I would just, I, I like just looked him up and I just visited his office <laughs> during his office hours. And um, so during those personal encounters, and then of course, when I was doing uh, master's in education at USC, the teacher education program, he was also one of my professors. And so kind of naturally turned into a strong professor to student relationship. Okay. When you started your program at, at Harvard, what did you intend to do with the degree? Did you intend to start uh, an admissions consultancy? No. So I actually uh, was a, so at Harvard at school, there's 12 different programs. And I was a part of the language and literacy program, which is like not what I'm doing right now at all. No. Yeah. And so um, that's what I intend to do. But obviously, I started thinking a lot about like career and passion and mindset and that kind of gradually led me to college consulting. So totally not what I had planned at all. Okay. And um, when you were applying to Harvard, other than the GRE, what was the application process like for you? So obviously, um, sending in your undergrad transcript. So working on my GPA during undergraduate years, and GRE was actually like the biggest part of the admission process for graduate school. They put so much emphasis around it. And they said, this is a bracket that we're looking for. And I was like, ah. <laughs> um, so that was another one. I also visited Harvard twice. And so I talked to the admission officers there, attended small group chats that they hosted. So I was very active during the admissions process. So I think they kind of knew my name. And um, so you were demonstrating the interest in a really positive way. Oh, yeah, because I lived in California, so I would actually just fly out. And back then, you know, I was a student, I didn't even have money. And so I was like, oh, you know, whatever I have for my checking account, I'm like, I need to go to that school and, and really learn more about 
you know, why I'm a good fit and connect with them. And so, yeah, demonstrated interest for sure. And writing the essay, of course, and just continuing to uh, be active in the field of education. So, like I said, learning a lot about education through the program, teacher program, uh, volunteering uh, at a local low-income high school in East Los Angeles. So I did that. I also was ambassador for Teach for China. And so I did that. Also tutoring again. So I really immerse myself in every way I possibly can in the field of education to get a wider perspective and more hands-on experience. And what was Teach for China? Was that, did you go to China for that or? No, you don't go to China for that. So basically, I'm an ambassador for the Teach for China program. It's kind of like Teach for America, but basically teachers will go into rural China to give them education. And so what I did at USC as an ambassador was I would kind of market the program and let the undergraduate students at USC know that this program exists. And then so we would also recruit those undergraduates to be Uh, a part of that program. So a lot of marketing, publicity, and then recruitment. So those are some of the things that we did. So you were combining your business undergrad with your passion for education, really, in those activities. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, that's when I knew that I made the right decision pursuing business, because I feel like this skill set is so applicable in many parts of the industry. So I was already starting to do that. (laughs) Great. What did you like most about your Harvard experience? And the the degree, the master's at at Harvard is a two-year program, right? It's a one-year program. One-year program. Okay, one-year program. Mm -hmm. I think just the people, the people there that I get to meet from all over the world and the professors and the researchers and the labs. And so I learned more about education from other classmates, professors than by just reading a book or reading a research paper, because those are things that we can all do, even if we don't go to Harvard. But it was just, everyone had a very strong mission. Someone, uh, there was one student where he wanted to improve education back in Peru. We had another student where he came from Korea and he wanted to change the SAT and ACT policy there. So there were so many different types of people merging into one place. And our mission was all the same at its core, which which was to improve education. So that was really the best part. It's really encouraging to see people dream big too next to you. Like, this is what I'm going to do with it. This is how I'm going to change it. And I'm like, yeah, like, let's do that. Right. So that was really the best part. And just, just being on campus itself was also very motivating. Like, am I really here? Like, ah. right. So that was another um, personal kind of a memory that I really treasure. Now you, you obviously pivoted from language and literacy. Did you ever change your focus while you were there or did you just maintain that track and then move, you know, do what you yeah. want to do after you graduated? So to be completely transparent, when I left the program, there were were not a lot of jobs for language and literacy. A lot of the classmates kind of went on to being a teacher, which I didn't really want to do because I like mentoring and more close interaction. And then then other, uh, the remaining of the students went on to research, which was also, also something that I didn't want to do. So I was like, I don't have a job. (laughs) So I actually started working for a really large college consulting company in California. 
And that's how I started getting into college consulting. But even before that, I would tutor students and help students with the college admission process, more like on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I already had that kind of prior experience. So yeah, when I started working at that college consulting company, um, I had a few realizations about this industry, which was a lot of kids would seek college consulting program. And if they didn't have good grades or good SAT and ACT scores, the focus is not on improving that, but it was more of, okay, then this is the college that you can go to. And this is where you're going to go for the rest of your life. And so it felt very fixed, right? That, that, distinction between fixed mindset and growth mindset. And I was like, I wish I can talk to kids about mindset, about how, you know, maybe you did get a B last semester. Yeah, (laughs) Carol Dry from Stanford. And I was like, why why can't we have a more um, open discussion about like, why did you get a B? And that has nothing to do with you. It's more of the way that you're looking at this process. Maybe it's a time management skill. So I, I, I started to see that there was a lot of opportunities for college admissions and college consulting. Hence the reason why I started my own company. And our emphasis is really on mindset more than anything in this process. Right, great. Now going back to your Harvard experience, was there anything while you were there that you thought could have been improved? I guess it could be a longer program. One year felt a little too short for me. And it was just two semester, actually three semesters, including the winter break. So yeah, I think it could be a longer program. The curriculum could be more focused because because you have so much freedom and flexibility in the graduate school of education. I ended up just taking a lot of different classes, which obviously didn't deepen my expertise in one area, I feel like. So yeah, I think that's something that could be improved. I I wish I could just stay there a little longer. (laughs) Yeah. What advice do you have for someone um, interested in pursuing a career in education? Yeah, I would definitely get your hands dirty and get some real life experiences like teaching in a classroom or teaching a small group or doing maybe one-on-one consulting or mentoring and see what you like best. And also maybe interning for a research office too, just because everyone's skill sets and strengths are so different. And then from there, kind of figuring out like, okay, this is probably the path that I like to go to because my values and strength align with this kind of an educational setting. So I would definitely test out different um, experiences for sure. Sounds like great advice. And, and the field of education is so broad. I mean, you mentioned 12 mm-hmm. different tracks and the, the breadth of the program and opportunities. I mean, you have preschool education, elementary education, high school education, online education, you know, higher education, uh, obviously vocational training. I mean, it's, it's incredibly broad. So I think your, your suggestion that people really explore it to find out A, if it's at all appropriate for them and B, what niche would be appropriate is, is exactly. great advice. And mm-hmm. do you have any advice specifically for someone interested in attending Harvard uh, for a graduate degree in education? For Harvard, I would say, you know, have a pretty good idea of those 12 tracks that they offer and, and assess for yourself why you need to be in that school 
that program in particular? Because if you can't sell yourself why you need to be in that program, then obviously it's not going to be a compelling case to the admission officers at Harvard too. So for example, for me, uh, going into language and literacy program, I made a very compelling specific point as to why I need to study there specifically. Um, and then also- I, I bet it didn't have to do with the brand. No, it didn't because literally I, I compared Stanford and Harvard's and it was very similar. And so those are the two reasons why I wanted to go there. But, um, and also like the professors who run these programs, that's also very important too. So for example, at Harvard, there's, um, Dr. Catherine Snow, and she leads language and literacy program at Harvard. And to me, like learning from her and taking her classes is very important back then. So having a very specific reason why you like to attend is going to be a selling point for sure. But at the same time, I've, I saw other classmates at Harvard and they actually told me that they didn't really know what they wanted to pursue specifically. And they just kind of wanted to test out whether it would be a good fit for them. So in that case, I think, why is that important to you? Why is learning that important to you and bringing up your backstory could be another strategy because not everyone knows like specifically why I need to get into this program. So those are kind of the two tracks and two strategies that um, I would love to share. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think most schools are very proud of their programs and the strengths of their program. And what we advise our clients is knowing what you want, why you want to attend a specific program and how it's going to help you achieve your goals. Even if you're, mm-hmm. you know, your goals at the start of the program, at the end of the program, it's are really important for a graduate school applicant. Now you, you started, and I'd like you to, to go back and, and talk about how you came to found Julie Kim Consulting and what is distinctive about it? I, can, I found this company because, like I said, I wanted to focus on mindset with the students during the college admission process. And, you know, mental health is, there's a stigma around that topic and that term. Because even for, like, when I tell my parents, like, yeah, I, I, I feel a little down. I think I need help. And they'll be like, no, like, you don't need help. Like, you're fine. Like, there's <laughs> like this, especially within Asian culture, um, I feel like when you show a sign of weakness or you're like, I need to talk to someone, parents kind of tend to think like, no, like you don't need help, you're fine, it's just a phase. And so I wanted to shed a a light on the topic of mindset and mental health in a positive way, right? Like we all go through fear, we all go through anxiety, but there's such a powerful way to reframe that feeling to vulnerability, strength, passion. And so that's really the reason why I started this company. But at the same time, I know that high school students are going through the college admission process. And so I wanted to merge both worlds together. And actually it kind of works as a domino effect. Students come into our program saying, oh, like, I don't think I'm good enough. I'm, I compare myself to my friends all the time. And when we change that, reframe that and work around that, their GPA goes up their SAT and ACT scores go up. They're more passionate about their you know, high school journey and they have a more uh, powerful goal that they could work towards. And so that's sort of the reason why we started it. Hence, we um, help our students create passion projects. And so that's our big distinctive factor compared to other college consulting programs out there. And I just wanna emphasize that passion project is not something that you create just to stand out. It's a project that you create that will help you learn more about yourself to think about, yeah, what is it that I like? 
what is my strength? And so it's more of an internal work, but also it helps you with your college admission process as well. That's a great point. That's a wonderful point. Helps, mm-hmm. helps you figure out what you want to do and helps you grow. That's a wonderful point. Can you also tell us about your podcast, Demystifying College Admissions? Yeah. So I also have a podcast called Demystifying College Admissions, and we talk about all topics. So we could talk about how many AP classes you need to take. And then also we have a series where I coach my students and students in our programs. And we actually share that coaching uh, recording with our podcast listeners. So maybe, you know, not everyone can afford college consulting, right? So for those students, we actually share the coaching call uh, with our entire audience. So maybe you can pick up pieces from our coaching call and apply it to your college admissions process as well. So that's another thing that we do. We also interview guests here and there. But the, the, honestly, the, the best part about our podcast is just bringing our students on and coaching them and sharing the behind the scenes of our company. Well, that's great. And I believe Marie Todd's going to be on your podcast soon, right? Yes. Right. Right now she's looking forward to it. What would you have liked me to ask you? What would I like to see more of in the college admission space? Great question. What would you like to see more of in the college admission space? <laughs> <laughs> I am a, I actually experienced when I was a child, when I was a teenager, that pressure that I needed to get into the school or else I'm going to be a failure or I need to get into Harvard because there's a brand name. I need to get into USD because my parents could brag about me to their friends. I don't know, whatever these external reasons are. And and once I achieved that, I thought that my life was going to change forever, that I'll be happy every single day. No one could bring me down. But no, I feel all the things. I still feel anxious. I still feel worried. I still feel all the things. And so I would like to see less emphasis on if I get into that school because of that brain name, then I will be happier. I would like to see less of that, but more of, I want to get into USC because that program offers what I want. Now, for high school students to think that way, they need to reflect a lot because if you don't know what you want, then you can't come to that conclusion, right? So I wish it was more of exploration during high school years. Like, this is my value. This is important to me. This is my strength. Uh, More of internal work and that work guiding this process is what I would like to see more of. Less pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with you. That is a fantastic point to be sure. There is too much of a, of, of, that kind of, you know, if, if I don't get in, my life is over. It's just nonsense. If you get it, don't get in there, you'll go somewhere else. I think one of the strengths actually of the American educational system is that there are so many different avenues and paths. Oh, yeah. Uh, much, you know, much less rigid than many other educational systems around the world. And, um, yeah, I, I, could, I think it's a great point. And I really want to thank you for raising it. I want to thank you for joining me today. Where can listeners find you online? Yeah, so um, I highly recommend that you start with our free training that we offer. So you can take advantage of that training at www.juliekimconsulting.com forward slash masterclass. And we also have a podcast, Demystifying College Emissions. And so you can 
check that out on iTunes, Spotify, wherever podcasts are hosted. So that's where you can find us. Okay, great. Thank you again, Julie. And we're going to include links in the show notes at tip.com slash 428 to Julie Kim's website, as well as to her podcast. And of course, the free resource that she mentioned. Listener, thank you too for joining Julie Kim and me for our 428th episode. And a quick reminder, Master the Paradox at the Heart of Graduate Admissions by downloading your free copy of Fitting In and Standing Out, The Paradox at the Heart of Admissions. You can grab your copy at accepted.com slash F-I-S-O. Again, that's accepted.com slash F-I-S-O, as in fitting in, standing out. Thanks again for coming. This is Admission Straight Talk produced by Accepted, and I'm your host, Linda Abraham. I'll talk to you again next week.